Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 105. How much of your life do you actually remember? The answer to that question will be different for each person, but some of us remember exactly what we ate for breakfast, others might not even remember if we ate breakfast or not. And some memories of moments that seemed important at the time are lost, whereas not so important ones seem to be remembered. Memory is strange like that. There is one thing that we can often forget, who God is and all he's done for us. And it's so easy to forget the many good works God's done in our lives. And it's so important to look back in our own lives as well as on history to remind ourselves of all that God has done for us. Memory is strange. There are some things I would prefer not to remember, but find difficult to forget. There are other things that I would love to remember that are all too easily forgotten. There are some things that are important for societies as a whole not to forget. All over the world we see war memorials with the names of those who've died for their country. Often in Britain these memorials feature the words Lest We Forget. A plaque in Auschwitz concentration camp reads The one who does not remember history is bound to live through it again. We do have some control over our memory. There are some things we are told in the Bible to forget. There are other things we are repeatedly called to remember. You can make choices about what you choose to forget and what you choose to remember. The word remember, in its various Hebrew and Greek forms, occurs over 250 times in the Bible. It's so easy to forget all that God has done for you. It's important to look back at your own life, as well as the history of the church, both local and global, to remember all that God has done. At the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the service of communion so that we would not forget the central events of world history, the death and resurrection of Jesus. From Psalm 45 I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore the nations will praise you forever and ever. Remember Jesus always. Generations come and go, but the name of Jesus will be remembered forever. The New Testament applies this psalm to Jesus. The early church saw its own relationship with Christ reflected in the relations between the bridegroom and the bride, as they are described here. Jesus loves the church. The king is enthralled by your beauty. We are to honor Jesus. He's our Lord. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. Jesus the King will be remembered for all time. Every nation will worship him forever and ever. Lord Jesus, I worship you today. Help us to perpetuate your memory through all generations, that all the nations might praise you forever and ever. New Testament from Luke 16 and 17 There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, 
Have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied round their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Remember the poor. If you have food to eat every day, own a pair of shoes, and have a roof over your head, you are rich in comparison to most of the rest of the world. If you own a car, or even a bicycle, You are very rich in comparison to the rest of the world. This passage is a challenge to me personally as I look at our situation compared with much of the poverty around the world. It's also a challenge to our society as we look at our global neighbours, for example in Africa, who as a result of television and other forms of global communication are now at our gate. The great 19th century preacher D.L. Moody often took as the title of his talks the words Son, remember. This parable is a warning. It's a parable and therefore it's not a complete teaching about life after death. The words of Abraham to the rich man who had wasted his days in conspicuous consumption are haunting. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. The rich man was judged for his failure to act on behalf of the poor. I live in Western Europe, which is one of the wealthiest parts of the world. Relative to most of the world, I live in luxury every day. The rich man was aware of the poverty of Lazarus because he was laid at his gate, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Modern media makes us increasingly aware of global poverty. Now is the time to act. I have even less of an excuse than the rich man. In the Old Testament, the people are called to act upon the word of Moses and the prophets. We are called to remember and to live out the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yet this parable is not merely an attack on being rich. After all, Abraham was exceedingly wealthy and he's pictured in heaven. The rich man's love of money reveals his spiritual state and lack of relationship with God based on repentance and faith. When he realizes his mistake, he says to Abraham, If someone from the dead goes to my five brothers, 
They will repent. Abraham replies, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. If the rich man had listened to Moses and the prophets, he would have repented and put his faith in God. Luke, in recording this parable of Jesus, is of course confronting the reader with the fact that we have even less of an excuse now that we have the evidence of Jesus rising from the dead. We are challenged to repent and put our faith in Jesus. Underlying all the sections of today's New Testament passage is the common theme of a relationship with God based on repentance and faith. This continues in the next section. Jesus calls us to watch our lives carefully to avoid either causing others to sin or falling into the traps set by others. Live a life of constant forgiveness. Forgive even those who sin against you seven times a day. The disciples realize that this is only possible with great faith. They say to Jesus, increase our faith. Jesus replies, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. It is this faith that leads to humility. Whatever you do in service of God, you can never put God in your debt. Everything we do is simply out of gratitude for what he has done for us. All we can say at the end of the day is, we're unworthy servants. We've only done our duty. Faith is a muscle that grows by stretching. One of the ways you increase your faith is by doing something God asks you to do. If you want to avoid hearing those haunting words, Son, remember, in the future, now is the time to respond in repentance. Put your faith in Jesus and live out your faith, especially in your response to the poor. Lord, have mercy. Forgive my sin. Help me always to forgive. Increase my faith. Open my eyes to see the needs of those around me and to act now. Old Testament from Deuteronomy 23 to 25. Do not deprive the foreigner or the fatherless of justice, or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. When you harvest the grapes in your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. Do not forget. Remember what God has done for you. Throughout this passage, the people of God are told to remember. In particular, they are to remember that they were slaves in Egypt and the Lord their God redeemed them. Indeed, the passage for today ends with the words, Do not forget. Again, there's a link with the poor. Because they were slaves in Egypt, they should remember those who are suffering, the lonely, the fatherless and the widow. They are to look after the poor and needy. Generosity towards the poor was not a matter left to each individual's conscience. It was a matter of law. It is surely right for a society to have laws to provide for the needs of the poor. But it should not stop there. It is also the calling of every Christian. As the people of God in the Old Testament were called to remember that they had been slaves in Egypt and that God had redeemed them, we remember that at one time we also were enslaved to sin. Jesus redeemed you from that slavery. Constantly remember what Jesus has done for you. This is one of the reasons the service of Holy Communion is so important. Jesus said, do this in remembrance 
of me. The purpose of the Christian calendar is to remember. At Christmas, we remember and celebrate the Incarnation. At Pentecost, we remember and celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Supremely at Easter, we remember and celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection is the peak of the Christian calendar. From the very earliest days, Christians have remembered the death and resurrection of Jesus in a service of celebration involving bread and wine taken in remembrance of Jesus. Lord, thank you for the body of Jesus that was given for me and his blood that was shed for me through the power of the Holy Spirit, your word and sacrament. May my thoughts and memories be focused on you. Pepper adds, As I look at the rich man and the Lazarus story, I find myself thinking what a terrible man this rich man was. I'm not like him, I'm okay. But then I have to ask myself, how much do I really care for the poor? And I realise how far short I fall. After we pray today, why don't you try and list 25 things that you are thankful to God for. And if you want to make that number bigger, uh, feel free to do so, because there are so many things that we can be grateful to God for. And then once you've thought of these 25 things, thank God for every single one of them. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for all the good things that you've done in my life. Help me to remember these things today so I can give you thanks and remember how good you are. Amen.